Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Print Design Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and thanks so much for stopping by for the first episode of 2023. So welcome here. We've got incredible plans this year. We've got great conversations with super talented creatives who are putting out amazing print and packaging. And it just so happens I got one of those conversations today. But before I introduce today's guest, I got to tell you about the Print Design Summit. This is a free online event that we are putting on on February 17th to 20th. We are bringing together 10 and more because we're still building out the list. There's even more coming in and being added, but at least 10 speakers, 10 experts who are out there creating incredible print and packaging and putting it out in the world who are all coming together to help teach you how to design award-winning print and packaging easier, faster, and with more confidence. We are like six weeks away from that event from this, like, this episode going up February 17th to 20th. And again, it's a free online event. You know how passionate we are over here at Print Design Academy to help graphic designers just overcome all of those walls and, and the things that are stopping them from creating great print and packaging. And we want to teach you with this free event. Along with that, we've got a community so you can connect with other graphic designers who are all learning print right alongside you. We're going to have some fun games and prizes and all sorts of things. We've got incredible sponsors who are all donating prizes like Mohawk Paper, Monadnock Paper, Foil Co., Astute Graphics, NYX Sensors, those little color scanner sensors, and even more coming on board. So don't miss this. This is going to be a fantastic event. It's first ever year. It's an inaugural event. Go to printdesignsummit.com. Sign up and get front of the line access. There is also a link in the description of this podcast to go check that out. Don't miss this event. This is the year to just learn new skills, add to your, your list of product offerings that you're offering your clients and help them create these incredible tangible experiences to put out in the world. Print Design Summit, that's February 17th to 20th. Go to printdesignsummit.com, get front of the line, sign up and get front of the line right there. Now my guest today, this was a fantastic conversation and my guest today is Mackenzie Brookshire. She's the creative director at Landscape out of Oakland, California. In this episode, we get into talking about drawn sunshines and innocent stuff, Kool-Aid points, cereal boxes, and of course, a deep dive into an incredible print project. Um, and all I'll say is it's for a brand called Cookma. I'm, I'm going to leave it there. You're just going to have to use your imagination and keep listening to see how this all comes together. You can also look at the links in the description of this episode to go check out some visuals. We'll post some on our Instagram as well and go check out Landscape. What a great conversation. Mackenzie's fantastic to talk to and the story behind Cookma and the purpose of it and what they put together for that brand is awesome. Super awesome. So ladies and gentlemen, that's enough talking for me. Let's get this episode started. My guest, Mackenzie Brookshire. Here we go. Welcome to the Print Design Podcast, the show where we talk about all things print and packaging. We go behind the scenes with designers and talk about the print projects they designed that really rocked their world. From file prep to holding the finished product in their hand and all the key decisions in between. 
So, let's talk ink on paper. Mackenzie, welcome to the Print Design Podcast. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. Hello. Thank you for having me. No, I'm glad we could line this up. We had a couple of, a couple of dates that we had to switch around with stuff going on, but I'm glad we can finally connect here. Yes, definitely. I just got back from Greece and now I have COVID and this is oh, perfect no. time. <laughs> oh. Yeah, such is life. Well, okay. for somebody who just came back from Greece and maybe is still adjusting to the time and who has COVID, you look fantastic. Well, thank you. So You're do you. Right with energy. So tell me, <laughs> before we get too deep into print, like let's first like top threes of Greece. Oh, top threes of Greece. Um, well, I got to see the Acropolis. That's number one. The history nice. is amazing. It's the birthplace of democracy. Kind of awesome. Um, and... Second one, there's cats everywhere, and I love cats, and they're literally so sweet. Like, if you meet a feral cat in America, they hiss at you, and they're mean. But if you meet them here, they are so friendly and sweet. Um, And number three was just I saw some of the most beautiful beaches I've ever seen. We went to Crete and went to the lovely Elephonisi Beach, which is just Mm -hmm. stunning. So, yeah, those are probably the top three. That's awesome. Yeah, I was already on my list, but now because of the cats, it's even oh, yeah. higher on the list. You're, you're a cat person yourself? I, I just like all animals. I'm okay with all animals. There you go. There you go. That's a good answer. Exactly. <laughs> it's a safe answer for now. <laughs> Perfect. Well, then let's kick this over to you and ask what I like to say is, is probably the toughest question here because it's the first one. Um, yeah. And tell us about yourself. Yes. And... Um, Yes, that is a tough question because I hate talking about myself. Oh, um, like I would say like 90% but, of people who get that question. That's, just, that's, that's, that, that's what they say. Yeah. So, well, we got that out of the way. Um, mm-hmm. My name is Mackenzie. I am a creative director at Landscape in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And I live and work from my home in Oakland, California. And I am from... Originally a small town in North Georgia um, and graduated from Savannah College of Art and Design and my background is in illustration and mm-hmm. I've just sort of grown into design out of serendipity and necessity over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so for you yeah. when you were younger, was it like, was it straight like design right from the start? Like design and no. illustration, that's the direction? Well, design, absolutely not. Like I took a class in... At SCAD, I took one graphic design class, and I literally said, I'm never doing this again because I (laughs) hated it. And um, so it's funny that here I am, but it's always been art of some form. I've always been, yes, creative, just Mm -hmm. hanging out in the woods, using my imagination and drawing and making music and all of that stuff. So I knew that I would end up in some kind of creative field. Awesome. So no crazy pivots. You kind of knew it was illustration and, and that sort of art direction of some kind. And you kind of, you just figured it out and turned it into a career. Yeah, exactly. So when you were younger, what was the, what was the thing that you would draw the most? Oh, um, oh, this is so stupid. <laughs> Sunshines. 
I would always, I've always liked drawing like little like scenes and I just always, I don't know, I feel like I always, I've always signed all of my letters with a little sunshine. Uh, I don't know, and people and just all like innocent stuff. I wasn't really like drawing like logos or like characters, you know? I, I, I think I kind of, yeah, I was like more on the side of drawing realistic things, like mm -hmm. looking at nature and stuff. Because when I was younger, I really liked, I, I, let me rephrase that. I enjoyed drawing, but I was terrible at it. So I thought, oh, maybe I just need to Aww. practice a little bit more. Yeah. And that probably was the case, but I wasn't patient enough to actually pursue it. So my parents bought me this um, How to Draw Cars book because I loved oh, cars. Cute. Always obsessed with cars. So we bought, and do you remember Onion Skin? Maybe it's still called Onion Skin, where it's like really, really thin paper that you can put over stuff and just trace. Yes. Yeah, so I used to do that with cars. I would draw cars. And then I'm like, okay, now I got the idea how to do it. And then I'd go freehand. And it would look <laughs> awful. I would never get it right and I'd just get oh, frustrated and forget about it. But you know what? If you found some of those now, you'd probably just love them. Like, they're probably awesome, actually. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I should find out if my parents hang on, to any, hang on to any of that stuff. Yeah, that would be awesome. That's so Thanks cute. a reminder. I'm going to look. <laughs> Perfect. So what do you think, Mackenzie, is your earliest memory of printer packaging? Something from your childhood, from your teens, maybe? Anything there? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, like, I, I don't know how many people probably answer this way, but like when I was a kid, we for sure ate like the worst kind of cereals and the worst kind of junk food. And I grew up in the 80s. And yeah. yeah, so for me, it was like staring at the back of the cereal box. Or like the back of the Kool-Aid packet, you know, like it had those little points you could collect. Points? Oh yeah, yes. I sent those in. So I did me. Them. My dad was obsessed. <laughs> oh really? Yes. Did you ever get? Did you ever get the? Uh, the only thing I ever got was the set. It was like the pitcher with the cups. I was just gonna say, thing. I remember the pitcher and the cups. We had T-shirts, Kool-Aid T-shirts at one point. Like oh, yes, wow. we would collect. You were really we in it. Oh my god, it was terrible. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I thought I'm I was so alone in this. That. No, yeah. not at all. Kool-Aid points were like were the thing. Yeah, they were. I bet they still do them. Who knows? Yeah, I should ask my dad. He still he still buys Kool-Aid. He loves Kool-Aid still. Oh my gosh. He should stop buying Kool-Aid. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Believe me. I said, Maybe. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, no, that's a great one. So on the cereal category, when you're looking at these cereal boxes, now this is gonna be a bit of a controversial question. Um, what was the go-to cereal? Oh, God. Um, for me, that's easy. Well, it's actually not easy, but there's two. And it was number one, Lucky Charms. Yes. And that was a must-have. And then number two, Cap'n Crunch. But then it's like, is it Crunch Berries or is it just the peanut butter? I don't know. But either. <laughs> I was just going to ask you, with Crunch Berries or without? Because Okay, well, we're on the same wavelength here. I don't, yeah. What so? What would it be for you then? You know, I loved Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Okay. See, I never really understood no, see, that one. But it's it, it's a um, it's a finicky one, right? Because there's really like a sixty second window where it's at its finest. 
right? Mm. When you first put the milk in, and I, I, this, this is an important conversation we need to have. <laughs> um, when you first put the milk in, it's too crunchy. So you got to give mm. it like 30 to 40 seconds to just soak that milk up a little bit. But then the clock starts and you got about 45 to 60 seconds to take care of that cereal before mm-hmm. it's now on the other side where it's too soggy. Oh yeah. That makes a lot of sense. You yeah. know, maybe I was doing it wrong. I should just go test. <laughs> you have to do the, yeah, it's, test that theory again. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And the other one is a little bit harder to find these days, but tricks. Oh, right. But in the in the actual shapes of fruit, not just the lame circles that they have now, like okay. in the shapes of fruit. Oh, we never we never went there. But I definitely remember the bunny guy, the character yeah. like hopping around on television. <laughs> Yeah, it turns out tricks are Definitely not just for kids. tricks. Yes. Oh gosh. There you go. <laughs> so then on the category sort of, of of memorable print and packaging, have you come across anything recently that you found was really unique, stood out, or you really enjoyed? Yes, I have. And I I mean, there's so many I feel like yeah, there's so many packaging experiences that you get now where people are being more thoughtful with that. They're using like responsible materials, blah blah blah. But I, the thing that I love about print is that you have these like very intimate moments and maybe don't even become aware. I, I don't know. It's how, how much it's the fact that it's something tangible that's in your hand that's making you feel the way you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me recently, it was a book that I found in the, I don't know if I'm saying this right, Monastiraki, Monastiraki. There's a flea market in Athens. Okay. And it's like packed with spices and like copper pots and old books. And it's all in Greek and you just never know what you're going to find. And I came across this one little cart of all these old French books and I'll send you a picture. Um, but it's just this really beautiful old vintage book that had this like waxy kind of cover on it. It was like a, not, it was see-through and it was printed and it was like buttery, waxy, and the type was just like so vintage and everything was just perfect, even though it was like pretty disheveled and it just had that smell, you know, and I regret not buying smell. it. Yeah, the old book smell, the magic within the pages kind of a thing. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was definitely that, that'd be it for me. Yeah, that's a great one. Like old school books, um, we were, as a family, we were in Ireland in April 2019. No, April, yeah, April 2019. And um, we went, oh, it's killing me. I can't remember the name of, of the big college in Dublin. Um, anyway, the big college in Dublin, and then they've got this really, really old library there where like the Book of Kells is kept and like all of this historical, really cool stuff. But you go into this library and there is books the size of my desk that are like 200 years old. And it's wow. like yeah. you just, you walk into the room and it smells like the old book smell, the whole room. And it just yeah. gives you this, it's this cool, it's hard to explain. You just get this feeling, you know, when you're around older books like that. Oh yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, it sounds it sounds awesome to see. Yeah, it was pretty wild, and just seeing the size of the books and the different, you know, old school binding that was done, you know, like, hundred and fifty years ago. Totally. What were the books of? They were just like 
I don't know because you had to like specially like... request to like have them pulled out and stuff. And we were there with our kids when they were smaller, and it was like, God, let's just like, gotcha. take it all in, and that's cool. Yeah, we didn't yeah. actually take any out. But if you're a student of the school, like it's the school library, you can go in there and take out these books and look at these books, and it's like, oh man, that's that. awesome. Be cool. Just imagine people back in the day sitting around with like candles and yes. their robes, these big books. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm sure it's a similar feeling to what people get on Instagram these days. It's probably the same kind of feeling. Is that sarcasm? <laughs> I think that might be sarcasm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty yeah, different. Yeah, confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to kick this back in history a little bit here, Mackenzie, and ask you about the very first print project that you were ever a part of. The first one that you Oh, were yeah. Part. You know what? I don't, I'm not prepared for this one, actually. I have like... I had like a pretty slow start, to be honest, like probably the first things that I ever made are just not like it was like take it to Kinko's and, you know, it's like a brochure. But then I did like later on, um, once I started working for I worked for it was like a um, like a trade association for printers. Mm -hmm which is like AIGA is for designers, but this is for printers. And so we yeah. had like a, we would, uh, we published a magazine and we had like a big awards uh, ceremony and um, that would require like event promotions and things. So I don't know, we did a lot of really cool stuff. And that was when I really started feeling like I was getting into understanding print and making some fun things. Yeah. And um, and because it was for printers, they encouraged us to do like a lot of different materials and techniques. So on the magazine covers, we would always try to do something, some other kind of like interesting thing. And so like yeah. one time it was um, we used like the bubblegum scented varnish on another. <laughs> cool. We did like we had like a, I don't know if you've ever seen those like Rufus Butler cedar animations. It's a book where you like open it and it's all acetate based and it's like a moving image, but it's just printed on acetate. And when you move oh. it back and forth, it's called scan scanalation. I don't know. I'll send you a link later. They're very cool. cool. But we did that on a cover one time. Like that was, I don't know, but yeah, That's the design, point. not great. Design horrible, but yeah, that, that, that was, that was where I started. Okay. So design, not great, but one of them smelled like bubble gum. So yeah, exactly. There's, it's there's a win-win no. situation. Like, <laughs> what more exactly. could you want? Just close your eyes and smell it. Okay. That's yes. That's something yes. cool there. Yes. There you go. Perfect. Now, have you ever been part of a print project that went sideways or didn't turn out as you had hoped, didn't go well? Um, yeah. Can you tell us about your experience of that? Yeah. Um, I I mean, it is so common that nothing ever comes out the way that you think it's going to. So I'll just say that. And there's not any one. I can't actually think of anything that was ever like a disaster, you know, like mm -hmm. the client's piss, like, oh, no, this is a big thing. <laughs> but but something that did happen recently, which was actually a little bit out of our control, and maybe there's a lesson in here, which was um, an anniversary book that we worked on for Landscape, which is a 250-page um, photo-based book that was filled with images and photos of our experiences together working with clients and with each other over the last 10 years. Um, so it was a huge undertaking. It took a lot of work to curate the imagery you know, every page had a photo. 
Um, and then we also just had quotes from everyone in there. It was just a cool piece. Um, so all of this work went into this. We poured over it, proofed it. I can't tell you how many times. We get it to the printer finally, get the final copies back. And on a flip through, everything looked great. But then we started to realize that there were images missing on like so many of the spreads. And this is like thousands of dollars later after production. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we went back to make sure that we had like proofed it. You know, sure enough, the proof looked okay. Um, but we didn't request that the proof show the spreads. It was all, or I can't remember what it was. Was it like we needed the single page or the proof? I don't know. Something about the way that we decided to, to receive that proof mm-hmm. didn't reveal that those images were going to break when they actually started setting up the file. So, you know what I'm saying? Like the spreads broke and the images that were going across bleeds didn't show up. So we had 200 books, you know, several thousand dollars later that were incorrect. And then the printer had to reprint them. Um, So, you know, small lesson. Things happen, you know. Yep. There's a lot of complicated things that can happen along the way. There is. There's a lot of steps in that print process. I mean, like you're talking about steps that are already passed, like material selection, ink selection, specialty fashion, quotes, like all that stuff's already done. And during the proofing process, you know, that's where, again, like you got to know what you're getting into. You got to know, you know, how to avoid, you know, being stuck with liabilities of a reprint and stuff in the event that something does go wrong. Yeah. And it sounds like in this case, you had a pretty good relationship with the printer where it was we like, do. you know what, we messed that up. We got to, we got to make it right. Yeah. And, and it, we do have a great relationship with them and they did reprint it and we're, we're very grateful, but we were glad that it wasn't like a client or, you know, luckily it was us, but yeah, yeah those things happen and it's water under the bridge now yeah exactly it sounds like it all came out in good in the end yes just next time you're getting proofs and spreads (laughs) correct (laughs) perfect there's the lesson yeah awesome um so Mackenzie I want to do a a deep dive into the project that we sort of came together for to to talk about and this is I don't even know if you could call it one specific project but sort of a number of pieces for a brand called Kukma does I say that right Yes, cook ma. However, yeah, you want to emphasize the ma. Yeah, and I want to, um, I guess I just want to hear how this project came to be, first of all, what is cook ma, and and what all these different pieces are that you guys needed to put together, and how you created this brand consistency off of so many different materials and (laughs) platforms and processes and all of that. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot, and um, yeah, I'd love to. So, Cookma is, it came to us by way of Adam's uh, longtime friend. Her name is Lisa Chatham. Okay. And she started out, she's run a catering business um, called Greenheart Foods for several years that is very successful. And then the pandemic hit. Yeah. And she found the need to kind of rethink, like, you know, she's a, somewhat new mother like what is she yeah what's her what is her route gonna be mm-hmm. um and she had taken a trip to india and just fell in love with ayurvedic principles and that she's an incredible chef and so she has designed this program that is specifically designed to take care of mothers um 
in the first 40 days after giving birth, which is like a really important time, yeah, to nourish the mom. It's important to bring the whole family in for support for her. So it's not just like meals, it's also just all of the care that's required for taking care of someone who's going, you know, who's had a baby in their belly for nine months and no longer <laughs> yeah, exactly. does. Yeah. Um, yeah, so really, um, really interesting subject matter and just human being to design for. And um, she developed a program for meal delivery service and also just a collection of products, mm-hmm. um, which, um, yeah, just range from like bath, um, sits to teas and spices. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what the program is. And mm-hmm. the, all of the pieces that you see are, um, it's, uh, part of the welcome kit, obviously the packaging design for the meal delivery and all the products. Um, so yeah, we had to think through how all of that fit together and would stand out on a shelf. Um, once she does start selling these in store. Um, And yeah, so we went through a few, you know, we obviously we just went through our um, natural design process that we do at Landscape and landed on this system that um, she really loved just like the idea of warmth um, coming from within. And that's like a really key piece um, to the whole system, as you can see. So um, yeah, and we just wanted it to feel super tangible, warm, not too glossy, like yeah. a, a kind of a comforting um, visual system that isn't just like, it doesn't look unattainably high end. Um, yes. Yeah. So, so yeah. What else so can in, I tell you? In material side, like, so when you when you're just making... You know, when you're saying the descriptive words and describing the brand and the warmth and natural and, you know, approachable, um, that to me is saying that you probably went with an uncoated paper for most of these products? Yes, yes, definitely. We did go with an uncoated paper. Um, And this is all digitally printed. Um, We thought we had talked about doing like a mixture of Pantones and maybe even colored papers, but because the system was so robust um, with the gradients and so many things needed to kind of coordinate with the colors and the gradients, we ultimately just wanted it to not worry about color matching to the paper. Um, and the digital uh, process just seemed like the, the most seamless way to go. And it's come such a long way now that um, it does look so so good, almost indistinguishable from uh, four color process. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess yeah, if I'm I mean, saying that the right. colors that are so yeah that are like they're really bright and a lot of times you don't see bright colors being turned out with full color process but with yeah. it all going digital it gives you you know that potential option of getting you know some a little bit of um, extra brightness and stuff out of things yeah yeah the, so how many pieces was this whole thing together because I mean just in the photo that we have oh, I'll share on Instagram later like yeah. there's like eight or 10 in right in this, just this photo. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I've actually ever gone and like counted, <laughs> but I, and I know there's like, there's 13 products and for each product there was a label and a little tag. So, yep. um, 
And then for the kit itself, we had the folder, which you can see in the kind of like upper mid section there. Got the white um, folder? That's a white folder that's got some foil okay. stamping on the cover. Oh, and cool. The paper itself does have, now I'm trying to remember, what was that paper? It's a mohawk birch. Mohawk birch is what that is. Okay. Um, which has like a little bit of like that, you know, fibrous speckle in it, which is kind mm-hmm. of nice. Um, and then inside of the folder itself, there was uh, three booklets and um, a newsprint and, yeah, just a, a set of cards that um, were designed to just be modular for her, essentially, to just put um, various types of educational content on. Okay. Um yeah, so I don't know what that totals to, but there was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of stuff to go over. Um, yeah. We talked a little bit about mohawk, uh, some mohawk stocks being used here. Did you, on one of these pieces, the, the sort of burnt orange, I guess, book? Yes. yes. Um, is that a colored paper? Did you take advantage of some colored no. papers as well? Or just I, straight print? I regret to say that we could not make that work for whatever reason. A, there was there was some trickiness with the pandemic and sourcing papers, and B, it just came. Yeah, it it also just came down to the exact shade and just wanting to be able to match that um, perfectly and not have to change the specs of the other colors. But um, yeah, so that is actually just fully printed. Nice. It's kind of like a terracotta, I guess. That's how you would call it, like terracotta. Yes. Yes. Definitely terracotta. Yeah, you nailed it with that one. (laughs) Perfect. So with the, you were talking earlier about, you know, you guys, you know, we're talking about maybe using some pantones and that, but then when you got into the design process, it sort of seemed that to get everything to be, you know, cohesive across all these different pieces, that full color process made the most sense. Did you go through any sort of test printing processes to to see how these colors would turn out in in the end? Yeah, that would have been the extremely responsible thing to do. But I think in this case, (laughs) in this case, we felt confident. I mean, we, of course, saw proofs like we would all, you know, we we did check out proofs for like the full stamping and Mm -hmm. um, we did receive. And as you mentioned, we, we do have a very good relationship with our printer and we've printed many digital pieces with them before. So um, sometimes, especially at, during the pandemic, it was um, enough for us to just see a photo. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we did our own internal testing, which is never accurate. But as far as like getting drawdowns or, oh, you know what? Okay, I'm going to backtrack on that because that's not true. We absolutely did get digital printouts of all of these things ahead of time. Awesome. Um, yeah, we did. I forgot that entire thing. We, <laughs> yeah, we did. We were kind of pouring over all of the individual parts and making changes to those proofs, which is not ideal, but um, <laughs> yes, so, we did. So, we did. We did. Good, good, good. So that leads me to sort of another question sort of down that path a little bit is during that process when you get those first proofs and now you're like, oh, okay, no, no, we got to make some adjustments here, this, you know, that. What, how do you make those decisions? What were you seeing that wasn't quite aligning and what kind of changes did you make to correct that? I'm going to be honest with you. It was banding and the gradients was really tough, actually. Um, Mm -hmm. So we did, that's probably the thing we tweaked the most. Um, 
And other than that, it was it was um, just doing the usual, like checking the text and making sure that we didn't miss anything or make any stupid mistakes. Uh, with, <laughs> the old, the old typo you know? checks. Yeah, but yeah, the banding of the the gradients that can definitely be tricky because it doesn't always translate as like a smooth, you know, curve. Yeah, and that that is one of the sort of trickier components of print, whether it's digital or offset. Anytime you're doing those gradients, um, yeah, getting smooth gradients, you know, it takes takes some, yeah, some, some attention. Some I guess is the right word. Yeah, yeah, just like making sure the fill is kind of like set to the right amount, and yeah, it was just yeah. a little bit of back and forth on that. I'm trying to think if there was anything else that we were really paying attention to there. Um, mm. I think that'd probably be it. So during, uh, just to back up a little bit, when you're, you've dealt with this printer a lot of times, you, you've got this project, you've got these multiple different pieces to it. Was your one printer able to handle the labels and all of the sort of other booklet pieces? Yeah. Um, and how so, was the quote request portion of that? The quote request portion? Yeah. Like, did you collect pricing from the printer for oh, the yes. project? Or was it, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so first question, the labels, uh, he absolutely could have, but for for separate reasons, um, because she um, had a previous vendor that she had a relationship with and wanted a specific kind of material that was like a little more um, durable in the freezer, she did yeah. end up going with a different vendor for the label specifically, but um, yeah. And then uh, as far as the quoting... I don't know what you want to know about that. It's like the least glamorous part of the whole <laughs> you know, project. It's funny. But it was, yeah, yeah you're def- right. Like, it's not like a, a, it's definitely not a sexy portion of, of, no. of the print process, but un- you know, a necessary one. It um, is necessary, and yeah, I think like over the year, I think that's one of the things I picked up earlier on, just from working directly with printers and yeah. Like the specificity and the things that you need to make sure that you're coming to them with and have thought through, you know, are really important. And so this process was like, obviously, uh, she also wanted to know the price per piece that was important for her. So there was a lot Mm -hmm. of like tweaking and creating options that sort of totaled up to like, you know, different values. So it was rather complex and, um, but yeah, ultimately everything came out okay. See, there you go. It's like the least glamorous, but there's still something to something to be, you know, garnered or learned from that. It's a means to an end. <laughs> it has to <laughs> yes. happen. Exactly. So in your in that request process, did you already have like these are the papers that we want to use? We're gonna go with these mm-hmm. papers, or did you leave some of that open to the printer as well? Well, it was a little bit of both because we had our preferred options as we would always do. We like to we always have an opinion about that. Um, but like I mentioned, the pandemic was a bit of a complicated time and probably yes. still is with just getting yeah, certain specialty papers bit. are not as available. Yeah. So he did end up needing to um, help us um, just get to a place where it was a, a good paper for digital printing that also, you know, would work well to just tonally with the, the Mohawk that we knew we wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was kind of like a, a back and forth with them for sure. Got it. 
so you've gone through this whole process, you did your test printing and your proofing, and you, you finally signed off on something. When you get sort of the, the, the envelope or boxes arrive of your samples, what's, what's the feeling going on before you open that? Are you terrified? Are you excited? What's going on there? Terrified every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Like terrified and excited, yeah. But yeah. it's like, oh, God, what's going to be wrong? What's going to like... What's well, gonna surprise us? But luckily, in this case, everything was beautiful, and yeah, it was just exciting because we were getting ready to go do the photo shoot for the case study right before we got all of this stuff. So, yeah, um, we had a little day where we got together and we were mocking up all the the bits and pieces, and it was just like a you know Christmas kind of. So, yeah, awesome. Yeah, that and that's what a lot of people feel. Now, are you the kind of person who? rips open the box and immediately just starts like really analyzing every piece or do you like to do a quick scan first like a quick feel oh i'm a quick scan for sure <laughs> <laughs> let's quick. not read I too mean, deep into i don't the know box. i don't know let me uh what am i uh i mean it's both in this case there were just so many parts it was kind of like a smorgasbord of things to open up and look through and account for and then yeah no. definitely making sure that we're flipping through the pages and checking that all the, the dots have been crossed and basically just trying to find what was wrong, you know, but yeah. luckily nothing. So, so the other, the next question I want to ask, I'm going to rephrase a little bit because it was going to be, you know, what was the customer's feedback on it? And if she hated it, you're not going to tell me she hated it. So no way. <laughs> I'm confident she loved it. So what yes. was the, what was the sort of the initial feedback, um, sort of first feedback from the client or what did she love the most about it, do you think? Oh, well, Lisa is just so lovely and she's been invested so closely this entire process. So, I mean, we were just working really closely together. So I don't, you know, I, I think if I were to speak for her, she just loves those glows. <laughs> She loves the glows. She loves the colors. Yeah. I think she's super excited about the texture. Like, you know, just the overall impression of everything together, too. Like, we're looking at yeah. everything out of the folder now. But if you, there is a shot on the case study somewhere where you can kind of see it all nested inside of the kit. Yeah. And then, like, together with the tote that we designed, like, it just, has the feeling of her and everything that we've been talking about so far. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, that's my no bullshit response. She actually is, was thrilled. So. <laughs> Perfect. I wouldn't expect anything less. Um, <laughs> so on the, what I love about the folder is how clean and, and white you left it with that pop of foil. Yeah. But then everything inside of it is such a colorful experience. It sort of creates this this, this contrast experience um, that's yeah. really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like some of the conversations that we had early on were about like, I'm trying to remember, oh, wholesome. Um, trying to remember some of the keywords that she used, but we didn't, we knew, I think I mentioned this before, we didn't want to be too flashy and, but then there is so much vibrancy in her food and just like yep. energy and in, in taking care of a woman's body that like yep. it is kind of a it's a nice juxtaposition of this like comforting 
warm, humble exterior that has, you know, all of this color and life on the inside. So, that yeah, we're very happy with like how the it symbolism of the print to what you just explained is, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Cool. Well, so I'm glad you... From, yeah, I totally agree. So from the first sort of initial meeting about this project and, you know, here's what I want to create and here's what I want to do, to holding the first pieces in your hand, how long is that? How long did that take? Um, like off and on for like a year and a half. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, there were some changes. Like we actually ended up redesigning the, the whole product set at one point. Mm -hmm. Um, and she, it's a bit of a startup, so there were just changes that happened along the way. So yeah, it was definitely, and that's not us like 100% of the time working on this project, but, um, it, it did, it was kind of off and on for, um, a year and a half. And did you find that COVID and delays in materials and stuff played into some of that too? I don't think it was as much of COVID as it was. Well, maybe, but yeah, it was mostly just like the things that come along with designing a program for the first time, like things change and you might want to rethink a certain element that kind of affects like, as you can see, there's a lot of components. So everything is kind of all connected. So. Um, yeah, and I can imagine that as you're going through the development process, you know, it, it's one thing to go from an idea and thinking about how something is going to be and how it's going to flow to actually holding it and realizing, oh, no, you know what, we need another piece for that or, you know what, we don't need that separate piece. Can we incorporate that into this? And you sort of have a lot of that back and forth. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's why I think it's kind of a special project for us because we got to work so closely with her and we did it. Like over time, we just all perfected it so much together that it, yeah, it's now we're not working with her and we're like, where's Lisa? Want <laughs> <laughs> more cook moth. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so I want to slowly wrap this one up here, Mackenzie. I got a couple of last questions for you. Um, so say there's a designer out there who sees these great print pieces, maybe comes across the cook moth set and goes, you know what? I would love to create some print or create something like this. What advice yeah. would you give them on sort of where to start in getting into creating print? Yeah, um, I love that question. And I like thinking about it and myself and what was the most valuable thing. If you can get access to visiting printers yes. um, and actually seeing the presses and going in and being able to ask them questions and just it's really hard to design for something if you don't know how it's being made. So that's probably the number one thing. Um, and obviously like having the right stuff, like you can call your local paper rep. I used to do this. I haven't done this yet for my own home studio, which I need to, but get the set of papers sent to you. So you know yep. what all is available Buy the Pantone set and just get yourself yes. kind of immersed with, ephemera like you mentioned earlier you know it's like it's it helps so much to just collect and see other print pieces that have already been made mm -hmm. 
You know, that's one yeah. of the biggest things about differentiating factors between print and, you know, when you're designing logos or stuff for web or Instagram stuff and, or, or video. You know, when you're designing for print, everything mm. is tactile. Everything takes a 3D form in the end, not this flat screen that you're looking at. So having the paper yeah. swatch book so you can actually feel what it's going to feel like. Having the Pantone book yeah. so you can see true color, what the true color is going to be when it's printed. Such like important, mm -hmm. and I would say mandatory tools if you're going to yeah. get into print design or packaging design, right? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And that's probably why we love it all so much because it makes you use your senses in like a more holistic way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now even maybe one thing to just add is like where, you know, there are so many papers out there that are more eco-friendly and just yeah. like expanding your understanding of materials. And there are so many options and you, you have um, the power to make responsible decisions. You have the power. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, it's good to know what all you what, what all's out there at your disposal. Hundred percent. Well, because the last question here I want to wrap up with is, wh where can people find out more and see more of the work that you're putting together, that landscapes putting together? Where can people find y'all? Um, they can find us on thisislandscape.com. Okay. Um, they can find us on the landscape Instagram, which uh, is also this is landscape. Mm -hmm. And our newest venture is called Dog. Um, you can also check out some things we're doing there as well on Instagram. And I'm not even going to try to duplicate because it's got a lot of underscores in it. But you can find it <laughs> by clicking on it from the landscape Instagram. Awesome. Mackenzie, this has been so great. I'm glad we can finally connect and chat through this project and just dive a little deeper into the story behind creating these prints. Um, thank you so much for your time and being my guest on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. Great to meet you. All right. All right. That is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Great to be back into the groove here. And now if you're ready to start learning about print and packaging design, do not miss the Print Design Summit, February 17th to 20th. Go to printdesignsummit.com and check it out there. See you next week.